Welcome to Savage. I'm your host, Kelsey Kenry, CEO, wife, and mom of three. This is where you find the aligned strategy and mindset shifts to unleash your power, unlock your freedom, and step into your full potential as a CEO. Every episode is full of tough love and hard truths with a side of tactical guidance to expand your success. You ready? Let's do the damn thing. Welcome to the Bravehearted Podcast, where we are changing the way you get inspiration by allowing you to hear resilience and victory in hard stories. We discuss new methods on handling life situations so you can show up confidently in your life. We are different because instead of just giving you inspiration through stories, we give you actionable tools to make the change that you want to make. Let's live bravely today. I'm Kelsey, and I am a personal development speaker and life coach who works with women all over the world to build confidence, face their fears, and take action in their lives. Hey guys, my name is Mindy. I'm a career mentor and business strategist. I empower people to achieve their dreams by teaching them how to find what truly sets their souls on fire. I give them tools to take initiative so they can do what they are passionate about. Hey guys, what's up? It's Mindy. Welcome to episode three. Today's episode is all about communication. What's up, guys? It's Kelsey. And just to give you a little summary of our episode and some topics that we're going to talk about, we are going to touch on things like being compassionate and empathetic in our conversations. We're going to talk about being actually heard and listened to, people making eye contact with us, how to set boundaries. And one of the most important things, I think, is how communication doesn't always have to equal confrontation. So we're going to walk through a bunch of struggles that all of us have, and then some tools on how we can deal with this. So thank you for joining us today. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this topic. I think that communication can be a little bit overwhelming to a lot of people, especially now because there's so many different types of communication. We're in this digital age where you can communicate in a matter of seconds via your phone. You can send somebody an Instagram DM. You can send a text message. You can send an email. And all of those different types of communication are really easy to use, but can also work against us. I know for me, it's very, very easy instead of picking up the phone or having a face-to-face conversation to just pick up my phone and send a text message or send an email. And I think it's important that we decipher, um, and we will by the end of this episode, what types of tools you need to use when having certain types of communication. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that while technology is amazing because it brings so much connection from so many people in different places and you can connect with anybody in a matter of seconds. It's that double-edged sword of this is such a cool thing that we can do that. But like you said, it can work against us in some ways because we're not having face-to-face conversation. We're not building actual relationships and talking to people even in person. We can live and work from our homes. And this is definitely 
something that I am even guilty of is with working out of my house and having two little kids. It's like, I don't have to go outside that much. So we live in a really cool era where things are readily available for us. But at the same time, it also means that we aren't working for those things either. Right. You know, you brought up something really important. So I have in the past had several employees who worked from home and something that they really struggled with was communication. Mm. Um, And something that a lot of them told me was that they actually preferred to work in the office because working at home made them almost reclusive. Uh, It made it hard for them to socialize when they went out in public. Do you have that, like sometimes maybe that anxiety at all when you go out because you are at home so much? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's social skills. You know, I mean, luckily with what I do, I'm talking to somebody face-to-face via the computer at least, because if I didn't have that, I would go days without talking to anybody that's not a one-year-old or a three-year-old or my husband you know? So yeah, I, I can definitely understand that. And it's definitely something that still to this day is a challenge for me when I go to larger social events to walk in and like not know anybody. There's definitely a period of time to where it's a little bit awkward for me. And that's kind of, I won't use this episode for this. I'm sure we'll talk more about it, but that goes into why a big part of why I was such a heavy drinker was because I was uncomfortable and I'm like, okay, well, if I just numb this, then I can go talk to people and feel normal. That is such a great point. You know, I actually find myself guilty of that too. And I work in a very social environment. I'm in sales for what I do for a living. And even still, when I get in those bigger, larger social groups, because I also work at home, I get a little nervous. And the first thing I look for sometimes is that glass of wine to kind of loosen up. And yeah, I think we'll definitely talk about that more in the future. But it, you know, something else that you brought up was having those conversations via, you know, Zoom with your clients. And I know that that's been a big change for you in the past year. So has that, you know, just been a change for you in general, like in how you feel day to day going from, you know, where you used to have just email communication, having that extra communication now? Yeah, definitely. Because the thing is, and the whole reason why the shift in my business occurred is because there needed to be more connection between me and my clients. And It was just something that pretty much organically happened. It was just the next step. It was like, I can't continue to help people without building that connection. And I believe that on the subject of communication here, we cannot build real, true relationships without having conversations where we are completely 100% present. Yes, I totally agree. Nothing is worse than when you're having a conversation with somebody and they pick up their phone or they're trying to do other things. We're in this generation of like, we have to do all the things and we have to do them right now. And I think that we get in this habit of listening to respond instead of listening to understand. It's something that I talk about with my team quite often is we're always listening to say, okay, in my brain, what can I say next? What's the next thing I should be bringing up? Or what's going to make this other person think that I'm cool? 
and we don't really listen to what that person has to say and we miss out on so much. Mm -hmm. And I feel that's where a lot of miscommunication can happen in friendships, in relationships. I've been guilty of it myself, having a conversation with my husband and trying to do 18 million different things. And he'll look at me and say, hey, I'm up here. Or, hey, did you hear what I said? And I have to say, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, let me kind of bring myself back and be present. It's really important to do. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it's just bringing yourself back into that and being aware of when we're doing it. I think. Two, there is a big struggle with communication is kind of like I mentioned we were going to cover here is that just fear in general of communication. And there's a lot of reasons that we fear communicating, whether it's asking for help or asking for something we need or setting a boundary or whatever it is. We're fearful of what the other person may say, what they may do or what may happen, how the conversation may turn. And I always tell my clients, because we have to speak up for ourselves. That is such an important part of building confidence and building the life that we want is being able to ask for what we need. And so I say over and over again, communication does not equal confrontation. Because that's an assumption that we have. It's like, if I say something, they're going to be mad at me. They're not going to be my friend. This is going to be a fight. They won't invite me to that thing or whatever it may be that we create in our mind. It only gets worse too, I think, because we put that, you know, fear block up and we start holding things in. And as we hold these things in, they build up, they build up, we get frustrated and we almost start painting this picture in our head of the other person that we're frustrated with. That's just not an accurate picture at all. It's so crazy. I had a friend of mine that I was having some struggles with. We kind of, and it's funny, this is something we're going to talk about in a different episode when relationships are no longer serving you. Um, so I had this friendship that I, you know, we were kind of moving in separate directions because as you get older, you change and you grow and that's good. Um, mm-hmm. And I was frustrated with this friend of mine and I just kept putting off having the conversation with her. And I knew that it was important, but I was just so afraid of what could happen. And finally, I said, you know what? I've got to have this conversation and I need to do it like other than text message because texting is so easy. I was like, Mm -hmm. I've got to have this serious conversation. So I picked up the phone and I called her and I said, listen, I need to talk with you and I need to tell you some things that have been on my mind. And when I do this, I'm just going to ask that you're receptive and open. Just listen to what I have to say. And then, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts about it. So she agreed. And I kind of went through everything that I've been feeling. And she was like, you know what? I've been feeling the exact same way. I'm so glad that you said something. Let's talk about how we can fix it moving forward. But I wasted all this time for like six months being so upset with her because I didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, and we do that. And the longer we wait, the more that the thing that we don't want to happen continues to happen because we're not asking for the boundary or asking for the change. And so we become more resentful and then it, that's when it becomes escalated because we hold our feelings in for so long that then we blow up. And then we're like, 
shit, I didn't even get to say what I wanted to say or the whole point of the conversation because I was so mad. Yeah, exactly. Like that's where that fear comes from. So that confrontation idea that we've planted in our brain that communication means confrontation, well, it is always going to mean confrontation if you're continuing to hold that in and the only conversations you have are big blow-ups. I think it's just really important when you have something that you need to talk about that you don't hold it in. And that applies in your personal life and in your work life. Setting boundaries in your work life, really, really, really important. If you're struggling with something at work, if you're having some issues, it's really easy to put that off. Conversations I have all the time with my team, you know, they say, hey, Mindy, you know, I've been feeling this way for a few months and now it's just come to a head. And I'm like, don't be afraid to come and talk to me about that. You know, as your boss, that's what I'm here for. That's what I want to be here for. I want you to feel like you can come and talk to me about these things. And now you've spent this three months being upset about it. And we could have resolved this a really long time ago. I have this conversation too with brand new managers because a lot of times as a manager, you do have to have very difficult conversations about people's employment. Sometimes you have to let somebody go, which is a terrible thing to do. That is one of the hardest conversations I have to have. No, no thanks. Don't, don't sign me up for that one. (laughs) Yeah, that's, it's not fun because of course you think about everything that's going to happen, but you don't want to have those conversations. So especially when I'm working with new managers, one of the conversations I have is, listen, you can't put this off because not only is it affecting you, it's not fair to the employee or the, the person because it's affecting them and they don't know, but it's also affecting other people around you. And I think that that not only applies at work, but that applies in your life as well, because yes, you may be having an issue with someone that you don't want to communicate about, whether it's a friend or a husband, spouse, whatever, mm-hmm. and you think that's just affecting you and them. But really, it's going to affect other people, too, because of your attitude, how you're feeling at the time. You know, if you're communicating with other people about your struggles with that person and what kind of picture you may be painting of that person. So, Right. Yeah. And that's a very good point is a lot of time we are communicating, but not to the source. Yes. And then there's guilt that comes from that because we feel so strongly in our heart that we need to speak about it, but then we don't speak to the person that we could actually come up with a solution. Right. Exactly. And I think that just goes with that fear of being judged and the fear of what the other person is going to think. Like you build this story in your head that you're not going to be listened to or that this is going to be, you know, an ending conversation and really... It could be just like my conversation where we were both feeling the same way. And I spent all that time worrying about what she was going to think when really she felt the exact same way I did. Yeah. And it's interesting when we do face the fear of having this conversation, the reality is is no matter what way that it goes, there's always going to be some sort of lesson in that. Like, If it becomes a conversation that is that worst case scenario, it's like, okay, what was, what was my part in that? 
What if I had come to this person sooner? What if I had chosen my words better in this conversation? What if I had actually expressed what I needed to say versus blaming or name calling or whatever it escalated to, which kind of brings me to a point that I want to talk about when we're having conversations. I think one of the most powerful tools that I've learned and that I teach clients is to be receptive and not reactive. And we can feel which position that we're in because it's that position like you were talking about when you're having that conversation with somebody and you stop listening and you start building your case instead. That is your signal to exit that conversation to ask for a break because there is nothing helpful that you can do in that reactive position. I totally agree. And I think something that's super important you just said is take a break. It is okay to ask for a break. That's one of the tools mm-hmm. we're, you know, when we wrap up, talk about. I think that is so important because you do, you get in your head and you're like, okay, all right, you said this. How am I going to come back from that? Yeah. And nobody wants to, you know, that that's not useful. Um, it comes from a place of vindiction. It comes from a place of uh, feeling hurt and wanting to hurt somebody else. And mm-hmm. it, it's not going to serve you or the other person at all. Right. Which is, again, why we have to take whatever the issue is that you're trying to solve it's important in the conversation to take ownership of your part in that because each of us has a part in that. And that part may be something as simple as not asking for help sooner. If you're a stay-at-home mom and you are resentful because your husband is working every day and you're taking care of the kids and then he gets mad if the house isn't clean or dinner's not cooked or whatever, it's like, okay, have the conversation and while you feel like nothing is, you haven't done anything wrong necessarily, you can still say, I've been really upset and it's been a long time and I'm sorry that I haven't come to you sooner or not even apologizing for it, but just saying I should have come to you sooner because this is something that's been on my mind. Opening the conversation in a way that is, okay, here's me putting myself in a vulnerable position, which people are fearful of that enables a different conversation than going into it as an attack. Right. Absolutely. Taking ownership is so important. And something you just said that I think that we should talk about is saying, I'm sorry, and apologizing for your feelings, because I am so guilty of this. I apologize for everything. And I think it's just the fact that I was raised in the South. And it's funny, I catch Michael doing it too, especially when we're at the store and like, you know, the stores get crowded and you're navigating around and somebody wants to look at something in front of you. And your first reaction is, oh, I'm sorry I was in front of you when really you guys were both in the same space and you both have the same right to shop. But anyways, I am like the worst about saying, I'm sorry, I didn't respond to you sooner. I'm sorry, I'm asking you so many questions. But we shouldn't be sorry for asking for the things that we need. The issue comes when we're apologizing or justifying ourselves or over-explaining something in these conversations. The problem becomes 
again, we go back to, it's not a very productive conversation because you're making the conversation so much about you and where you're at fault that you might be so caught up in your guilt as you start apologizing and word vomiting all this guilt that you forget even what the point of the conversation was or what you actually wanted to say or ask for. Absolutely. When it comes to having conversations with other people, very important key point to remember is we can always bring compassion and empathy into the conversation. Because even when we feel like we've been wronged or if we have been wronged, the reason or the person or whatever happened, there was an underlying happening going on in that person's life that caused it. And this is not... There's a difference here because this is not making an excuse for somebody. This is not saying like, oh, it's okay that my boss talked to me that way. This is saying, I understand why he might have because maybe his wife wants a divorce. So he's having a rough time. So it's just bringing more understanding into the conversation. And I think the way for us to have more productive conversations is to bring yourself to that understanding to where it's like, I'm really mad about this or I'm really upset about this. I know I need to say something, but also when you make a plan, and we'll talk about that, consider where the other person is. Is the reason why they're saying these things, doing these things, is there an actual valid reason or a feeling or something that's underneath that, that you could be considerate of. Right. Absolutely. Because everybody's got their own things going on in their life. And it's very easy for us to get caught up in ourselves inherently as humans, we're selfish. And we don't Mm -hmm. take that time to think about, well, you know, what is that person going through? And I think that something you mentioned was reinforcing boundaries and setting those boundaries and being kind about it. Very important to set those boundaries. Yes. And that's on a small level and on a bigger level. And that's in every relationship. That's within a singular conversation to where it's like, hey, you can't speak to me like that. And that's on a bigger level of, I won't be treated this way in a relationship or at a workplace. And the reality is, is those things are scary. Boundaries are scary. And I'm sure we'll do a whole episode on boundaries because I love to talk boundaries. But if we don't set those boundaries, the reality is, is that for most of the things that are happening that we're upset about, we are only upset with ourselves because it's our fault for not setting those boundaries. We are, only, we are only treated how we allow people to treat us. And that is the reason why we have to communicate. Because if we don't communicate, it sits and then it builds and then it gets bigger and then we're resentful and then we're angry. And then we talk about we're in that same cycle of not being able to have a productive conversation. So nothing comes of it. 
Yeah, I think that's something you just said was really important is you are allowing this. That's what you have to remember. You, because you haven't set a boundary, you've allowed this to happen. Now, that doesn't mean you should be angry at yourself. This is an opportunity to learn and say, hey, you know, I've allowed for this to go on. Now I need to take care of it. And in the future, now I know when I start having these feelings, I need to learn how to communicate, but not only how to communicate, I think when to communicate as well, because we can jump into a conversation when we're not ready out of a place of fear or anger or some kind of other emotion. And that can just explode in our face. So I think timing is really key, obviously not putting it off too long, but again, talking about that being receptive and not reactive We shouldn't be reactive and have a conversation out of that place of emotional distress. Yeah. And again, that is why that simple cue of just being receptive in conversations and not reactive is so important. Because like I said, it's a physical feeling. You can feel that rising in you when you're standing in the kitchen and you're mad that you're like scrubbing the paint off the dishes. Like I'm not the only one that does that. Or you're like, oh, Eric does the dishes in this house. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's true. Michael does the dishes. I do the cooking. <laughs> so... But yeah, you can physically feel it in your body and just honoring that and saying, I know that this feels of utmost importance right now to me, but is it going to be productive in this moment? And you can take that moment and use that break and that is how you can make your plan. Exactly what I was going to say. Like that's the time where you need to sit down, allow yourself to breathe a little bit and make a plan on how you are going to communicate this. When, you know, like how you're going to ask for the conversation, really important um, to make sure that you are going into your conversation with a plan. Yes, exactly. And the great thing is, is that then you're also releasing those feelings. If you write down and you take this break to journal about what's going on and how you're feeling, it doesn't matter if you're like, fuck this asshole, <laughs> like eight, eight times on a sheet of paper. But when you revisit that, it's like, okay, is that actually what I wanted to say? You know? And so making a plan allows you to, I mean, I have written letters. I have done all sorts of things that are just putting myself in a better position to have that productive conversation. And I think letter writing in particular, it's something that I've done in the past, can Mm -hmm. be really useful because you can read it back to yourself and say, okay, what are the key points that I'm really upset about here? So now I can make my plan of how I'm going to communicate those key points in a more effective manner than the anger that's coming out of me right now. Right. And if you think about when we're going to address something that's important, do we not make a plan? Do we not in school when we have to turn in a paper, we make an outline first? Like it's important when we know that there's something that is a project that is something that we need to put together a lot of pieces from, we have to lay that out in some way. And I'm not talking about like sitting down for an hour and writing about why you're mad at your husband, but if that's what you need, then do that. Yeah. 
right? And I think that bringing us into one last topic on this, the I feel versus you did or you did this, such a big piece of this, right? Because I think that a lot of times what we do is we go into this and we say, well, you did X, Y, Z. You um, didn't do X, Y, Z. I can't believe X, Y, Z. But instead, I think a, a better way of going about it is this is how this situation made me feel. Yeah. Just using, I I think that it was something that I originally learned in therapy was using the I feel statement to where it's you take whatever the emotion is and then you relay that in a way where it can be productive because you're telling the person like, this is what's happening and this is what it does to me versus the attack role to where it's like, you're doing this, you're doing that, whatever it may be. Because then of course that's going to turn into a reactive situation because the person feels attacked. You know, there's so many different parts that go into communication, but as far as some of the best tools for communication. I think that understanding, don't have a conversation when you're reactive. Make it when you are receptive. And along with that, that means making some sort of plan. And whether that's just planning out what you want to say or planning for the right time, the right moment, But with that, also not letting it be an excuse to not have the conversation because the the biggest point about communication is that if we want to live the lives that we were meant for, the lives that we feel happy in, we have to ask for what we need and set these boundaries. Absolutely. And I think it's important to remember that take a break tool. Because if you feel yourself during the conversation becoming reactive, again, nothing good is going to come from that. And it's okay to ask for a break. It's just like that What asking for what you need. At that time, you need to take a break and you don't have to finish the conversation right then and there. And it's probably best that you don't if you're feeling that way. So I think that's you know a, a really important tool to use. Again, taking ownership for your part in the situation, not apologizing, but saying, maybe I should have talked to you sooner, or this Mm -hmm. is what I did in this situation. Mm -hmm. Really important. And just recapping back on that, I feel, and letting people know how that situation particularly made you feel, not Mm -hmm. from a place of blame, but from a place of honesty. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That pause button tool is one of my favorites because that can come right after when you feel that feeling rising of being reactive, when there's yelling or when it's escalating to a point, just ask for what you need. And that thing that you need can be that pause button to where it's like, let's continue this conversation after we've had some space to where we can really collect our thoughts. Because most people are going to respect that. Absolutely. So speaking of continuing conversations, next week's episode is really exciting. 
Yes, we next week are going to actually have our first interview for you guys. So we are talking to Tanya Grazione and Tanya is actually one of my best friends and I had to have her on the podcast because she is a mom of four. She has a doula business. She was actually my doula when Brooklyn was born, when I had a home birth with her, which was the greatest experience of my life. And she is just an incredible person who has risen from, she's been through divorce and I will let her tell her story, but I'm very excited for her to share everything she's going to share with you guys and to get a little more insight into her life. So Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for listening. I hope that you have some good tools to communicate effectively. Just don't be afraid to ask for what you need. The fear that is standing between you and that conversation is only going to make the conversation worse or harder or the resentment build. So use these tools. Let us know how you're using them check out the braveheartedpodcast.com. Please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening and give us a rating if you like the show. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram as well, the Bravehearted Podcast. And don't forget to live brave. Live bravely today. If you are a CEO or entrepreneur, I want to invite you into a space that's unlike anything out there. CEO Power Hour is a free monthly live experience that you can join in person or virtually to get your questions answered to fulfill the desires for your business. Inside this room, you bring your biggest goal, the obstacles you are experiencing, or anything you want my expertise, eyes, and ears on. This guidance, along with the ideas and inspiration from other powerful women, allows you to be fully immersed in the energy of being supported and learn in a completely new way so that you can expand your business and your life to the next level. I created CEO Power Hour to bring together powerful business owners for connection, collaboration, and coaching. This is your invitation, and it's free. The link is in the show notes, so I hope to see you at our next monthly meeting.